333-103. This is Cork Today on C103. Now, as we discussed last week on the programme, our child benefit rates are more than 10 times greater than some of our European partners. Because of this, some government deputies are warning that the country could become a target for so-called welfare tourists. Cork Southwest Deputy Michael McCarthy wants measures put in place to avoid any kind of welfare tourism. And Deputy McCarthy now joins me on the programme. Uh, good morning to you, Michael. Good morning. You're welcome to the programme. Uh, firstly, the issue of paying child benefit to children not even living in, in, in the country. Are the government's hands tied on this one in that there's an EU regulation and we can't get out of it? Well, under EU law, Patricia, to begin with, I have to say this, under EU law, EU nationals who come to work in Ireland without their family can claim child benefit as if their children were Irish and living here. Now, the issue is this. The, the new figures show that the Department of Social Protection is paying child benefit in these circumstances um, in respect of, of around 8,000 children living in other EU member states, um, it takes about, it's about 5,000 families involved, and the bill is about 15 million euro per annum. Now, given the perilous state of the country's finances, I mean, I, I believe the situation has to be looked at. Uh, and many of those are Eastern European European countries? They would indeed, and this is the irony of it. I mean, if you look, for example, there is a... Uh, I put on a parliamentary question uh, to the Minister for Social Protection, John Burton, about this last week, and I got a breakdown of figures, uh, of comparative figures in other EU member states. I'm just going to mention a few of them. Okay. Uh, the rate of child benefit, we all know here, it's first, and child, first and second child is €140. Euro. But in Estonia, for example, the first and second child are €19.17 Euro per month. Now, in Greece, which is also the subject of a rescue package from the EU stroke IMF, uh, their rate for the first child is €8.22, and in Latvia, it's €11 per month. Now, quite simply, those figures aren't sustainable. And it's because of this EU regulation that uh, we've been told we can't get out of it. And yet I saw in one of the papers last week, they listed all of the different countries and how much each country pays. And a lot of the countries, it stated that the child must be resident in the country. So are other countries getting away with this? Well, I, I'll give you an example, right? When Irish people, you know, move abroad, the same is supposed to happen there, but no applications are ever made because our country already has one of the highest rates of child benefit in the European Union. Now, we have to be careful in terms of how we frame this argument because there are those who will say, oh, you know, slash the rates of child benefit. That's kind of fundamentally missing the point. And what I'm saying here quite clearly is, uh, Joan Burton is going out to Luxembourg next week uh, to her first meeting of the European-wide social ministers uh, Ministers for Social Welfare, in other words, uh, across the EU member states. And, and in that context, she is going to put it to Commissioner Laszlo that, look, we want to readjust the rates here so that we reflect two things, the rate of payment in the other EU member state, and secondly, the cost of living in that country. Uh, because if you take, you know, the countries that I have just cited, for example, not only are child benefit rates very low, but the cost of living in that country is also substantially less than it would be here in Ireland. So in my view, it's not sustainable to continue to pay these rates of child benefit. We are obliged to pay them, and there's no getting out of that. But we need to look to seek to amend the rules. The Minister, John Burton, is going to do this in, uh, when she is in Luxembourg, is seeking to meet the Commissioner to change and amend the rules so that we can revert to that system. Yeah, the, the, we pay the rate that's paid in their country. I mean, for example, in Poland, um, the I think the, it's seventeen euro a month. That's correct. Roughly is 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 what they pay. So could we not pay if 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 the if the if there's somebody from Poland living in Ireland, but their children are back in Poland, pay them the seventeen euro? 
That's that's exactly the um, argument that Joan Burton will be putting across. Now, in fairness, when she came into government, she did make this point because it is stipulated in the programme for government that we need to revisit this issue, uh, and therefore we're seeking to have that entitlement modified to reflect the cost of living where a child is resident. Now, it's, it's also ironic, I must add, that the European Union would be involved in a bailout in a country like Greece, also involved in bailing out Ireland, and would then not favourably be disposed to an argument from Ireland and say, look, can we reduce the rate, you know, to reflect the rate in Greece, which is €8.22 per month? I mean, these two all intents and purposes are our paymasters. And I believe it is the right thing to do, to, to seek to change uh, and amend those rules and to pay the rates that are payable, that are applicable in the EU member state. And what, is it true it's about £15 million a year a week goes out of the country in child benefit? It is. The most recent figures would suggest it's costing the state €15 million Euro per annum. Now, everybody and anybody knows the, the, the perilous state of the country's finances, and we just can't allow that situation to continue. And the next budget is going to be tough. And I think measures like this, any measure that the government can embark upon that will re- result in, in an exchequer, in a saving for the exchequer for the Irish taxpayer, needs to be pursued with great gusto. Okay, Jenny, one of our listeners wonders is, is our child benefit payments simply too high? Does that need to be looked at? I'm told if you have six children, you get nearly a thousand euro a month. I'm not entirely sure what it would be if there's, if there's six children, but the, like, the, the, the reality is this. We need to be very careful how the argument is framed because there are people, there are people out there, for example, who believe we shouldn't have a social welfare system. And if we go down the road of slashing social welfare rates, then we're going to attack the most vulnerable, you know, the people who are dependent on that money for child support. It's as simple as that. But the uh, avenue to come at this uh, particular uh, case is by going down that route of meeting the EU Commissioner saying, look, putting your cards on the table, as a country, we are battling to stay afloat. We cannot afford to pay 15 million euro per annum Two families whose children aren't even living in the state. Okay, and then on the welfare tourism, what measures would you like to to see put in place to stop people coming here and just seeing Ireland as a soft target? Well, this is the first one, Patricia. I mean, this is the very first one. I mean, in the context of the meeting of European uh, Social Protection Ministers in Luxembourg, that's the first phase in which we can embark upon in order to ensure that number one, if it's happening, that we eliminate welfare tourism. I mean, the second issue, for example, is this. I would like to see uh, a situation whereby, you know, the banking system, I mean, a lot of social welfare payments are being paid through a bank. I mean, you know, can we get access to these records, for example, to see where this money is being withdrawn? You know, because most people are using ATMs. And like, is it a practice, for example, you know, that some, uh, you know, social welfare pay- payments that are going to Irish bank accounts would be accessed from other EU member states? You know, I mean, for example, there is a, a department of anti-social welfare fraud, anti-benefit fraud in the United Kingdom. Uh, but again, it's one, I believe, of a number of measures that government have to take you know, to get better value for money and to save, uh, to save much-needed money for the compliant taxpayer and the exchequer. Yeah, because if there's le- less in that social welfare pot, you want to make sure that it goes to the people who really need it. Absolutely. And as I said again, it doesn't stand to reason that we would pay €15 million Euro per annum you know, two families of children who aren't even living in the state. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And what we're seeking to do here is to reflect the level of payment and indeed the cost of living in other EU member states. I mean, Hungary, for example, 42 euro a month, you know, for the first child. You know, I mean, the rates just aren't balanced. 
Uh, and on that particular basis, I believe the Minister is a very strong case to get out to the Commission, to the Commission that bailed us out a number of months back, who know how perilous our finances are, uh, to put that proposal to them and hopefully get a favourable response. OK, some texts in, uh, West Cork listener. Uh, could you ask, Michael, do the people from EU states who are here but who are signing on the dole uh, and getting social welfare, do they still get child benefit, uh, even though they're not working here and their children are living in, in another country? If that's true, surely that's wrong, says the West Cork listener. They would, be, they would be entitled to it, wouldn't they? To the best, yeah, to the best of my knowledge. I got that uh, uh, confirmation from the department yesterday. To the best of my knowledge, that is the case. Okay, and John in Bantry says, we have 80,000 non-nationals on the dole. It is costing us £1 billion plus per annum. Uh, what can Deputy McCarthy do about that? Well, you see, we need to bear in mind, we can't, we can't look at this in, in, an individual, in an individualist sense. I mean, there are, for example, many people uh, of Irish backgrounds who are on welfare, for example, in Britain. Now, I know the Taunashta is going to uh, London next month to meet immigrant centres, Irish immigrant centres in Kilburn and in Camden to deal with this particular issue. And we need to bear that in mind, you know. I mean, there have been other countries that have been very favourable in terms of taking, you know, Irish immigrants, you know. I mean, we wouldn't have had, for example, Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan, John F. Kennedy if we started closing our doors to people like that. But we need to bear in mind that there are Irish people in other EU member states, not least the United Kingdom, uh, who, are all, who are also on social welfare. And it's a particular issue, and it's one that I'd be uh, pursuing with you in the future, Patricia, the, the plight of the Irish who are living. We talk about marginalised and vulnerable and people who are barely surviving. There are people, you know, over in the UK who are from Ireland who sent back, down through the decades, around £1 million sterling to families that put clothes on people's backs, put foods on, on, on table. These people are now struggling in the United Kingdom, so it's a significant issue. It's a significant issue for Eamon Gilmore, who's going over to London next, uh, next month you know, to meet the immigrant centres to deal with that. So we need to bear in mind the wider context of this issue. OK, uh, and Anne was on saying, are these uh, people from other countries, from the other EU states, are they claiming child benefit in their own country as well? I thought you could only get it once, not twice. No, they, they claim the Irish um, ch- child benefit. They don't then get it in their, right. uh, their, their own country. And just very finally, because we, we had been hoping to have this chat with you this time yesterday, uh, but you were at uh, Brian Nenahan's funeral. Very sad day, Michael, yesterday for, for Irish politics across all parties. It was. It was very, very sad. Can I just share one memory that I have of Brian Nenahan with you? Please Patricia. do. Back in 2007, post the general election, um, I had contested my second general election. I wasn't elected. Now, I was in the complex of Leinster House canvassing for the Shannon, and Brian Lennon was just appointed Minister for Justice. And I had met him at the government building entrance at the back of the Dáil Chamber. The, bell, the division bells were going, and he was rushing into the chamber for a vote. And I said, Brian, can I just chat with you about the Shannon campaign? So I canvassed him for a preference, which would be common practice within the Shannon uh, campaigns. And he, he sat down, he heard me out, and he said, look, when I finish marking my paper, I'll give you a high preference. Now, he went to, to proceed to the Dáil Chamber to cast his vote in whatever vote was called, and he missed the vote because the doors were locked, because he had given me time wow. to put my case to him. Now, a number of months later, Damien, my brother, was elected Vice President of the GRA, and Brian Linehan was there as Minister for Justice. There was a couple of people, a couple of hundred people at the function, and he approached Damien, he put the hand out, and he said, I know Michael very well, I gave him a high preference for the Channel election. Now, he was a, a supreme gentleman. Yeah, hugely popular on all sides of the house. And I will say this, prior to, be, prior to the diagnosis, people will tell you that universally, was a hugely popular and a much admired individual and would be sadly missed in Irish politics. Yeah. I think yesterday was a good day. I mean, the, the ceremony was simple. It was a local parish priest. There was a soloist. But the amount of people who came out there, not just, let's say, his constituents in Dublin West, 
but from across the political divide, it would restore one's faith in politics. That's terrific. Okay, and he would be well, well remembered and sadly missed. Uh, Michael, thank you for that. I appreciate you taking time to talk thank to you, us Patricia, today. Thank you, Patricia, and congratulations to, to you on Martha's graduation. Thank you very much. Very kind thank of you. you. Thanks for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Deputy Michael McCarthy joining us on the programme. 1850 333 103. Our lines are open.